Welcome, everybody. And as soon as you see me here, here we are. Uh, I've got a great guest for you. Guess what? The Ark of Covenant is, has been discovered, and we got a young man here. He's going to tell us about it. Welcome, Kevin Cash. He has a ministry that he has, and he's spreading the word about the Ark of the Covenant. He's going to explain to you how he got involved and uh, what what is going on and where the Ark is. Kevin, welcome to Kilroy Williams Show, my friend. God bless this journey that you're doing, the ministry that you're doing, my friend. Welcome. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Kevin, Kevin, could you explain to everybody how you got started on the the uh, the Ark of the Covenant? What fascinated you about it? Um, well, the backstory feel... is the backstory is really long and intense. Um, what what led me to start pursuing this was a Bob Jones prophecy, actually, and then um, I heard about Ron Wyatt, and once I heard about him. Um, you know, just like anybody, he's a man, he, he can, he can lie. He can, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't just believe his testimony at first. Um, what the way that the conviction started was, um, the Holy spirit put it on my heart. I knew for a fact that Ron Wyatt had excavated the crucifixion site. So the Bible gives us a very accurate location of where Christ was crucified and he excavated that spot. So I asked myself the question, would God allow the only man in history to excavate the crucifixion site up to that point, would God allow him to lie about what he found? And I didn't think God would allow that. So I looked into it a little bit more heavily. And um, so it was a Bob Jones prophecy that got me started on this. And then I looked into Ron Wyatt. I heard his testimony and I just prayed to God. Uh, there were some things that God had put in my life that, that um, made me think that God was calling me to this. So I just, I, I kneeled down and I prayed and I said, God, if you want me to do this, this is how I said it. I said, give me authority in the matter. And the reason I said it like that is because I knew that a lot of Christians weren't just going to accept this. And I, I, wanted, um, I wanted people to know that this was God, that this isn't me, that this is God. So that's the way I prayed the prayer. And it was over about a three-month period I understood the scriptures. Okay, that's what's, that's what's causing everybody to get really excited about this. Ron Wyatt's amazing. His work was amazing. I think he's going to go down in history as the one who found the Ark of the Covenant, the real Indiana Jones. But what, what's really inspiring everybody is the scriptures. The scriptures uh, and several different passages are saying the same thing. So then the, then the debate's over after that point. <laughs> right. Wow. So, um, so, so I take it that you, you pretty much uh, believe that, that uh, Ron Wyatt is, is the founding father of finding this. Yeah, he, he, he's most definitely going to be the one who gets credit for finding the Ark. Um, you know, God used him in a really powerful way. He, he, his testimony was somewhat supernatural. Mine wasn't. Uh, I never had any audible, you know, God never spoke to me audibly. I never mm -hmm. heard anything from God. I just understood the scriptures. And then it's, it's, um, it's funny, I was, I was speaking to Richard Reeves, or Rives, I don't know how he pronounces it, mm -hmm. but uh, he worked with Ron Wyatt at the uh, crucifixion site. And uh, when I was speaking to him, I asked him, I was like, why didn't you tell everybody that the ark was there? And he said, that's really easy. It's 2 Corinthians 13.1. The matter is only established with two or three witnesses. So he said, Ron Wyatt's only one witness. Well, then I proceeded to tell him, I was like, well, I understand these scriptures. And when I told him the scriptures, he was kind of speechless for a second. Like it, it, it hit him really hard. Um, so I felt like there was a responsibility 
for me and, and Christians to figure out whether this is true or not. Because Second Corinthians says that if there's two or three witnesses, the matter is established. So when I, when I understood the scriptures and Ron Wyatt's testimony, I'm like, okay, now I have a responsibility as a Christian to find out if this is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, can you explain to everybody um, how you first started about doing this? What did you do to try? And I, what, I'm I, sorry, I, say I, that again? Can you explain, can you explain to everybody um, um, how you started about doing this journey? Like, uh, I, I know you have a great uh, testimony that happened, you said, in 2020. Can you, can you explain, like, you know, what you did? and how, how A lot of stuff out? happened. A lot yeah. of stuff happened. I, um, once I realized with a pretty high degree of certainty that the Ark was at the crucifixion site, like, you know, in my mind, it's like 99%. I would say 100% that it's there, but there's always room for human error. Um, so I could be misinterpreting the scriptures. Um, but, but I say the debate's over because the scriptures say that it's there. So when I found out that the, the Ark was at the crucifixion site, I was going to stop at nothing. I, there was nothing that was going to get in my way. You know, I, I, I wanted to do it the lazy way. I wanted to be real lazy about it. And I, I felt God, I actually felt God calling me that this really needed to be done as a church, something this big needed to be done as a church. And so I needed to speak out. And I did not want to speak out. I was really reluctant to speak out. I didn't want to get on TikTok. I didn't want to do Facebook. That seemed like a nightmare scenario to me. It, it, it was such a nightmare scenario to me that I would rather go sneak over to Israel and try to find out if this was true than mm. to, to, to do TikTok. So that's what I did. <laughs> and um, I, I felt God calling me even before this. I made a Facebook post telling my family that I'm selling my house. I'm selling my business. And I'm going to pursue this with all of my effort and all of my energy. Well, I, um, I kind of, I was really depressed. I had a lot of stuff going on in my life where I, I lost a woman that I loved and a child. I lost two ministries that I've been a part of my mm-hmm. entire life. I lost mm-hmm. my business. I lost my home. I lost a best friend. I wasn't talking to my family at the time. So it's really a joke story. I was going through a lot of pain mm-hmm. and suffering. And I just said, you know what? Is this, sorry, somebody that's okay. He was calling me, so I don't know if that popped up. But the only thing that in time was finding out if the ark was at the crucifixion site. So I, I, w- I booked a plane ticket to Jordan, and uh, I was hoping that I could get through the border, but Israel was closed at the time due to COVID. Mm. So um, I planned ahead of time. I'm a really good swimmer. I just figured I'd swim through the Red Sea. It's, it's, it's very, very intense. That seems extremely intense. And it's very, very hard. When I posted those TikToks and I was telling everybody I swam through the Red Sea, it was very difficult for people to hear that because um, it seems a- absolutely insane. And it, and it is, unless you know the backstory, right? In my mind, I knew the ark was there. And I, I was just, you know, I was at a point in my life where I'm like, I'm going to risk it all. I'm going to give it all up and I'm going to find out if it's there. So um, anyways. I, uh, I was pretty gung-ho for sure, and I still am, but I didn't want to go down the route of, you know, getting on TikTok, getting on Facebook, because I know how people are. They're just going to be like, you're crazy. It's not there. And yeah, I'm right. convinced because of the scriptures, not because of, you know, Ron Wyatt, even though I'm re- a really big fan of Ron Wyatt. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it, that, that, says, that says it all in the scriptures. I mean, you know, it tells you, you know, if you really read it and, and everything. So what... Did you, so what happened when you were swimming across the Red Sea? Number one, did you learn like, wow, you see what Moses had to go through, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, where it's funny where I where I crossed is like uh, it's not very far from where they crossed. 
Where, oh, I, wow. cross was a, where I crossed was a four-mile crossing. Where uh, Moses crossed is about 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny, Ron Wyatt, I, I don't know if you heard this from the live, but Ron Wyatt, he snuck into Saudi Arabia to, found, to find Mount Sinai. And that's one of the reasons I know that he was an honest man, because uh, I know what it's like to sneak into a country and have to spend time in jail for it. But um, Ron, Ron Wyatt snuck into Saudi Arabia to find Mount Sinai. And um, I know that him and his kids wouldn't do that unless they actually believe they found the Red Sea crossing. He believed he mm. found the Red Sea crossing. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but mm-hmm. they said they found chariot wheels and they found a pillar on either mm-hmm. side. So, mm-hmm. so they, they, just, they prayed about it. This is what happened to me getting back to the crossing through the Red Sea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They prayed about it and um, they felt that God was calling them to do this. And um, they ended up getting caught and they spent 70 days in jail. And Bo, all of them talked about this later and how they were all kind of upset with God. They were very angry with God. And I told people on my TikTok, I'm like, you know why I think that Ron Wyatt, why God had had him get caught and spend time in jail. I think it's for today, for right now, for this, podcast where I can sit here and everybody listening to me, I can say, you know what, the type of person who sneaks into a country and puts their life on the line, that's not the type of person to lie, but also that's the type of person that believes what they're saying. He believed he found the Red Sea crossing. I know he believed because he mm-hmm. wouldn't have risked his own life and his kid's life unless he, he believed that he found it. So sure. I'm saying this to say that um, they transferred Run Wyatt after him and his kids were caught to Aqaba, Jordan, and they stayed in jail there. And that's the same jail I stayed in. So I ended up getting caught. I ended up getting caught and I spent seven days in jail. Um, Pretty miserable. (laughs) Uh, I'm a diabetic. So uh, there was a breakdown in communication and I wasn't getting my insulin. Um, Luckily, I met a Ukrainian guy who was able to communicate in Arabic and tell them I needed insulin. (laughs) So uh, I'm I'm worried that he he may uh, not be alive anymore because of everything going on in Ukraine. But um, yeah, I, I met a Ukrainian guy. He had a real good Russian accent, even though he's Ukrainian. He had that that accent. Wow. But uh, wow. yeah, I just I, I I think though a lot of people say, well, you know, you didn't even make it to Israel. You failed. But I would never say that. At first, mm-hmm. I thought I failed at this mission. But the reason that I don't think that now is because I started this Facebook group, Arc Movement. Uh, I'm on TikTok and I'm talking about this and I'm telling people, you know, hey, you know what? I snuck into Israel, and um, I think that 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 the Lord's going to use this experience with Ron Wyatt and his kids and me to show people that, Hey, you know what? Um, these individuals didn't really care about their own lives. And so I can, I can show people that now and show them that I really do care because you know, if somebody gets up and they're talking about the Ark of the covenant, a lot of people think I'm doing it for fame. They're like, Oh, you're doing this to get attention. Well, I wasn't doing it to get attention whenever I was freezing cold and, and swimming through, through the red sea in the middle of the night. (laughs) I was doing it because I wanted yeah, you wouldn't be going doing all that just for attention. No way. Right. Put right. Right. That. And and the thing is, is I posted a bunch of videos on my TikTok about how I almost died, and I and there's several scenarios where I put my life on the line, uh, but this is one of them. So people thought I was lying. They they. But but the thing is, is when I say these things, I know eventually they're going to come out. There was tons mm-hmm. and tons of witnesses. Uh, it was a really really big deal. Um, so I I do believe that God's going to use it in the future for this movement. I really do. Well, that's. It's going to be awesome to see what he does with it. Um, <laughs> what, 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 uh, Kevin, why, why do you think Israel wants to keep it a, a, a secret? I mean, they just don't want the word to get out about Jesus. I mean, you, I'm sure you heard about the yeah. law they passed. They're not allowed to speak yeah. about Jesus now, you know. Yeah. 
What, what yeah. you, Did that end up passing? I I heard that they were trying to, but it I I don't know if it I don't know if it actually passed, but the, even the thought of them even oh yeah do that is yeah just, yeah even <laughs> you know it's, it's dark just, it's very dark. I mean that's a slap in the face in the U.S. We're a Christian country in a way we back them up like you know and it's just I guess that's just part of the end of times I guess you know but yeah. what do you why do you think that they that, that uh not want this to get out. About the, well, Ron um, Wyatt actually gave us the answer to that. And I spoke to, when I was speaking to Richard Ives, uh, I asked him about that briefly. And he said that the Israeli Antiquities Authority was, was really nice to him. And um, he never really had any problems. And I said, well, Ron kind of made it sound like they threatened him with his life. And he didn't, mm. he didn't say that they did, but he said, he, you, can, you can interpret what he's saying because Ron said that when he told them about the Ark, they were like, you better not say anything because this, this could cause World War III, you know. So mm. they're, they're thinking in their mind, uh, and somebody sent me a link to the Temple Institute, and I have not read it, so I'm just going off of what people told me. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've admitted that they have it now, and um, they're saying that it's going to come out at the right time. So the, the type of wording that they're using, I think Israel's starting to uh, go in the direction of letting everybody know that the Ark has been found. Um, so... What, there are several reasons why they don't want people to know. I think the most important reason they don't want people to know for them is because of where it was found. It was found at the crucifixion site. The Bible gives us a very, very good indication of where Christ was crucified with like 13 different references. It describes the tomb in detail, and I've posted some videos on that. So they don't want the world knowing that the ark was found at the crucifixion site because if Christ's blood fell onto the ark, then this is going to cause a shift in the human species for the rest of time where everyone's going to know that Christ is, he is King. He is the Messiah. And mm-hmm. so I think that the Jews are really, really, really reluctant, obviously to want people to know that. Um, so that's why I think, I think the main thing is, is they don't want anybody knowing that where it was found and that Christ's blood fell on it. Um, but at a deeper level, they're thinking a lot of dark thoughts. And I get this in the comments. People are like, oh, this is going to cause World War III. And uh, in my prayer time and some of the things that God has put on my heart is uh, nothing of the sort. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think something so beautiful mm-hmm. would curse the world. I think it would bless the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, the, it's Jesus. They just don't, they don't want him. Yeah. They don't want him to get the message to get out, you know. And right yeah. now they, they think they found their Messiah. What's going on right now? So. Yeah. Well, so, and I have Will, the guy I was on the live with last week, he had mentioned yeah. briefly that he, he thought that there, there may be some fighting over it. I don't mm. think this, and there's lots and lots of reasons why. But uh, one of the main reasons why is because with the Ark of the Covenant throughout the scriptures, anytime God wanted something done with it, it was clearly God's will. Anytime mm-hmm. that something was done with the Ark outside of God's will, everybody died. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not worried in the least bit the least bit about, you know, there being fighting or, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, one of the things is, is where the Ark is at right now, slightly within the West Bank. And it's partially controlled by um, Palestine. I don't know how, I think it's like 30%. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how the percentages break down, but it's partially controlled by Palestine. So then people in my comments are like, well, aren't you worried that Islam is going to try to take it? And, and I'm like, that's not how the Ark works. You can't just go and like take it and move it. They would just die anyway, right? They would just die. Right, yeah. (laughs) And that's what the Bible says. And Ron Wyatt uh, and his kids, his two sons, and they talk about this on YouTube. They talk about how their dad had to pull out six people 
when they went down the chamber, it was Levites. They sent some Levites down the chamber and they only made it like halfway, according to Ron Wyatt's testimony, and all six of them died. Mm. Well, that seems, once again, that seems very, very far-fetched. But mm -hmm. according to the scriptures, if the ark is there, which I, I believe that it is, right? So in my mind, it's like almost 100% there. So if somebody does go down there to move it, I would expect them to die because I understand the scriptures. So mm -hmm. then when you, if you're a Christian and you think about it, it's like, oh, well, maybe it's not that far-fetched. But um, yeah, so I, I don't. I'm not worried about there. A lot of people are thinking negative thoughts in their mind. And I'm like, God's got this, man. God is totally in control. Nothing's going to happen to the ark, mm -hmm. you know, unless it's God's will. Right. Exactly. Can you explain to people exactly uh, where it's at? You say it's in a cave, right? What's the name of the cave? Yeah. Zedekiah's cave. Now yeah. who is saying Zedekiah? Is that Zedekiah was the king, the last king uh, of Israel before Nebuchadnezzar conquered the city. And interestingly, he escaped. It says in Jeremiah that he escaped mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had surrounded the city, okay? But he, he had escaped, and it said that he snuck out, and where he came out, there was a garden. It actually says this in Jeremiah, which is interesting because where mm -hmm. Christ was crucified, we know there was a garden there. The Bible tells us that in several passages. Mm -hmm. um, so he escaped and it says that Nebuchadnezzar and his men caught Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. Well, the plains of Jericho are north of Israel. Okay. Mm -hmm. So where, where Christ was crucified was on the Northern side of Israel. So where Zedekiah had snuck out through is this passage that Ron Wyatt found the Ark of the Covenant in. What I'm saying is, is Jeremiah, he came and told the King several times. He said to him several times, Nebuchadnezzar is going to conquer the city. You know, he gave, he told them that it was, it was going to happen. God had, had revealed this to him. So they all knew. And when Nebuchadnezzar surrounded the cities, the city of Jerusalem, I think what happened was the servants of God were scared and they freaked out and they hid the Ark of the Covenant. Now, generally mm -hmm. it would take months to conquer a city. They, it wasn't easy to conquer a city, especially a city like Jerusalem. So um, what happened was when they were building siege works against the city walls, the mm -hmm. servants of God lowered the Ark of the Covenant down into Zedekiah's cave which was accessible within the city. There's only one cave in all of Jerusalem, and it's Zedekiah's cave. They lowered it down into the cave, and the cavern runs northward, just like Jeremiah says. Zedekiah snuck out, and they caught him in the plains of Jericho, which is north. It runs northward out to Golgotha, Calvary, where Christ was crucified. And the video that I just posted on my TikTok, I got a couple of pictures that show the opening in the rock. So the spot that the Bible says Christ was crucified, we know there's a cave there not just because of pictures, but because of Ron Wyatt, Richard Rives, who I've spoke to, even people that, that came out against Ron Wyatt and said that he was a fraud. Uh, Danny Shelton, one of them, that said that Ron Wyatt was a fraud. He, he did say on YouTube, if you go Google Danny Shelton, he said on YouTube that uh, Ron Wyatt was telling the truth about a cave. So there is a passage that runs under the city wall that runs out to Calvary or Golgotha that is Zedekiah's cave. And I think that, that a lot of Christians don't know this. They have no idea that there's a cave at the spot that the Bible says Christ was crucified. Well, if that's true, which it is, that gives a lot more credibility to this Ron Wyatt guy. And um, I'll say this real quick, and, and I'll, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling so much. I'll let you jump no, in. No, but, you're uh, fine. Please, you're fine. Um, the Bible does kind of indicate that there's a cave at the spot Christ was crucified. It doesn't say that directly, right? But we can kind of read into it because... It says that uh, where Christ was crucified is the place of a skull, and there's a skull face 
in the rocks. And it's just like um, where Christ was crucified was a quarry. A lot of people don't know this. Solomon quarried the stones out of that area to build a temple. Well, just like we're cutting through a roadway to build a road, you'll see in the rocks areas where the limestone has been eroded away, and you'll see these holes, okay? Well, that's the skull face. It's two eyes and a mouth that has eroded away from um, the limestone and water erosion. Well, also, the Bible says where Christ was crucified, there was a garden. Well, one of the things with Israel is you don't have a garden unless you have a spring. Okay? It's, mm-hmm. it's not like to say you have a garden without a spring is like that's very, 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 very difficult. So if the Bible says that the spot Christ was crucified, there's a spring, there's a garden, we would assume there's a spring. Mm-hmm. If there's a spring, there's more than likely caves. So even, even just going off the scriptures, not even going off of Ron Wyatt or Danny Shelton or even looking at the pictures that I posted, it would seem like that the area that Christ was cru- crucified in was, was cave rich. And it is very rich. There's lots of caverns through there. So um, did you, did, how did Ron Wyatt find this himself? Was it the Lord that told him exactly where it was? Or uh, how, how did he first know where to even begin? That's where his story gets a little bit more supernatural. Um, He said that he was working, he was working with the Red Sea crossing. They had found the chariot wheels and they were um, scuba diving and he got sunburned real bad. So they went up North to just visit it, visit Jerusalem. They wanted to visit Jerusalem and they were walking through the garden tomb. This is his testimony. You can find it on YouTube. He was walking through the garden tomb and he said his hand lifted. He didn't lift his hand. That's what he said. His Mm -hmm. hand lifted and said, Right over there is Jeremiah's grotto, and the Ark of the Covenant is there. And the words came out of his mouth. And he said he didn't speak the words, and his hand did not lift. Mm. And so if what he's saying is true, then that's God intervening supernaturally. And that's what he said happened. That was his testimony to his dying breath, that his hand lifted, and the words came out of his mouth. Right there is Jeremiah's grotto, and the Ark of the Covenant is there. So, so when he heard that and understood it and knew that he didn't lift his hand, the words didn't come out of his mouth, he knew it was God, and he invested 10 years into excavating there after that event. And, um, yeah, so he knew. He knew that it was, it was, it was wow. divine, that, God, that wow. God had him. And I would also like to point out, too, another thing is one of, the, one of the things that people really criticize Ron Wyatt about, almost everything that they say he's a fraud over are, are stupid things that, that don't really matter. Like a lot of it's financial disputes or whether he was an archaeologist or not, or whether he had a permit or not. Okay, now this is interesting. Ron Wyatt did not have a written permit. Okay? Mm-hmm. You cannot excavate in Israel without a written, without a permit. You have to have it approved, and it has, there has to be a permit. Well, when this event happened with Ron Wyatt, and the words came out of his mouth, um, this was reported uh, to the Israeli Antiquities Authority, and um, they allowed him to excavate there without a, without a, a written permit. They gave him a verbal permit. He said that they told him verbally that he could excavate there, which they did. They told him he could excav- excavate there verbally. But I would like to point out that this is more of God, okay? Mm-hmm. Because the thing is with God, he, he didn't have a degree. Ron White didn't have a degree in archaeology. So he legally was not allowed to excavate at the crucifixion site at Calvary, at Galgotha. But here's the mm-hmm. thing with God. If God lifts your hand up and the mm-hmm. voice comes out of your mouth and that's God, everybody else is going to move. It's like parting of the Red Sea, man. Everybody's just going to yeah, part right. out of the way. And that's what happened. And I'm telling people, they're like, Ron, why didn't have a permit? 
I'm like, all the more how we know that this is God, because <laughs> God, if God tells his servant, like, like, think about this. If God tells a servant to go do something and then they go ask for permission from some authority in Israel, that's not really of God, right? That's right. God told, God told Ron Wyatt to go excavate there and magically everything worked out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he'll, he'll take care of the rest. So you will not have to worry about that. Right. Yeah. Right. A- absolutely. Right. Wow. So, yeah. um, so w- when you were in, in, in prison over there, um, did you just, uh, just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to go home. Um, think this angry. over. It, what's that? I was angry. I was very angry with God. Can you share that? Can you share that with us? What, what, uh, what happened after that? Yeah. So I did like Ron Wyatt. I prayed about it. And I felt like it was God's will. I just, you know, I, I prayed about it. I was like, God, you want me to do this? It's risky. It's dangerous. It's totally, um, it's totally illegal, which a lot of Christians will quote Romans 13 and say, we were supposed to follow the government. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's be honest about Israel. They were following Dr. Fauci and look at, look at how that worked out for them. They right. closed Israel because they were listening to a man instead of listening to God. Mm-hmm. But um, so I prayed about it and I felt called to do it. So I did it. And um, this is where I talked about, did the mission fail? And at first I thought it did. And I was really upset with God. And I was like, God, why, why would you put me through this? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at the time, I had no idea that I had stayed in the same jail as Ron White. I had no idea. It wasn't until I got home and I had, I had, I had already researched everything with Ron Wyatt for months on end. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd researched, I talked to a lot of people involved. In fact, before I went over to Israel, I, I not only um, understood the terrain very, very well and all of the security, I was able to figure out all the security with the garden tomb and how to get in and out and everything. But I understood the cave, the cave system, mm-hmm. just by talking to people that had mm-hmm. been there and were working there and knew. So um, when I was caught, I had a lot of equipment. Because I, I had planned on repelling into the cave. That's what I planned on doing. How did you swim with all equipment, dude? Well, I, I had a backpack that was stuffed to the brim that was wow. on my back. I had, so this is where a lot of people are like, you didn't swim. There's no way. With, you know, I'm like, well, <laughs> a lot of people aren't, aren't thinking. But I again, that's God. Life. That's God taking care of you anyway. Yeah, but go ahead. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you're fine. I obviously had a life jacket. Um, the, I, the, I had a couple of different plans on how I was going to do it. Um, once I was caught, they asked me not, they made me sign a tremendous amount of paperwork. They mm. um, actually forced me to do this. And um, this will probably come out in the future, but everything, every piece of paper I signed, I was just thinking really, really quick. And um, they're, they're Arabic. They're not English speaking as their natural language. So when I signed my name, instead of putting an E for, for Kevin, I put an S. I don't know why. I just, that way it wasn't my actual signature because mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't agree. I didn't want to agree to anything they said, but mm-hmm. they, they basically told me one of the, one of the guys that was military said that I was going to sign this. And if not, then they were going to force me to, they were going to, they told me they were going to, they were, they was going to get bad if I didn't, because there's a, there's a relationship between Israel and Jordan. It's a very, very good relationship. Mm-hmm. And Jordan didn't want to get the blame. Once I was caught, Israel was asking questions. How come somebody's swimming through the Red Sea? So Jordan was scared. They were terrified. They were very terrified. So they, they, they typed up everything that I was doing. I told them everything I was doing. Uh, and I left out the Ark of the Covenant. But um, I told them what I was doing. And uh, I had a really, really good backup plan. I had an amazing backup plan. But mm-hmm. 
when they were having me sign all this paperwork, um, I, um, I just, I put an S because I didn't want, I didn't want, um, I knew this was probably going to come out in the future. And I, I didn't, I, I wasn't agreeing to a lot of what they were wanting me to agree to. So it was kind of, it was kind of forced, but, um, I spent seven days in jail. It was, it was not bad. It was, I mean, it could have been way worse, way, way worse. Um, I'm a diabetic. So, Mm -hmm. um, if I stayed there, Ron Wyatt stayed for 70 days. Okay. If I stayed there for 70 days, that would have been very serious for my health. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really glad that God got me out of there in seven days, but they wanted to know how I got past their security. Mm-hmm. This is all they wanted to know. So I made a deal with them. I had a really, really good backup plan. Um, and I can go into detail with the backup plan that I had, but I made it. So, so I, I was transferred to Jordanian intelligence, which is similar to the CIA. And they wanted to know how I got past their security because mm-hmm. um, they have infrared cameras throughout all the mountains. there, pointing in every direction. So if anybody's swimming, it'll, it'll just, it'll notify the computer and let them know. So they, they wanted to know how I got past that. Well, I, I did a, a tremendous amount of research before I researched for probably five months on how I was going to do this. Um, so one of the things that I signed that I told them that I wasn't going to talk about was how I got past their infrared. Not mm-hmm. that hard to, not that hard to figure out how to, how to block infrared. Mm-hmm. But um, what I did is I used a, just a blow up raft is all I did. And I probably shouldn't talk about this because I told them I wouldn't, but I, I just used a blow up raft. Mm-hmm. I had a life jacket with a backpack full of equipment. And then I had my phone on the raft in a waterproof case. And I had the Google maps popped up so I could see where I was at swimming through the red sea. And I, I very rarely poked my head out. i never put, po- so I, I, I was covered. We'll just say that. That's all I'll say right. <laughs> so that their infrared wouldn't pick me up. So that's how I was able to get past everything. And they were really shocked. And I told them, I told them I would tell them, and it was really intense. We had to, with Jordanian intelligence and Israeli, the Israeli intelligence, we walked through the streets of Aqaba and I showed them every step that I took, how I got past everything. And um, they ended up letting me go. I didn't know if they were going to hold up their end of the bargain, but I told Mm -hmm. them, I said, if I show you everything that I did, um, will you guys let me go? And they, they agreed to do that. They just wanted to get me out of the country. So they only held me for seven days, which was nice. Wow. <laughs> seven days is enough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was staying in jail with a bunch of, I say I was staying in jail with a bunch of terrorists, but it was actually a bunch of young guys <laughs> like my age. So yeah. most of them, there was a couple of older guys, but it mm-hmm. was, it was everything you can imagine. It was a third world jail. It was, there was rats sure. and you know, you had to poop in a drain and it was, it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, thank the Lord that he got you out of that. That is for sure. Amen. What, do, you, do, you, do you plan on maybe, if you've been praying about it, do you plan on maybe going back one day? Or Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I, um, so it's funny you say that I'm on this journey, and I feel like it's a journey now because I don't want to go back to Israel unless I have something like a meeting with Netanyahu. And I know that's a really, really big goal. That's a huge goal. But I feel like this is all God. So if it's God's will, it's just going to work out. It's going to so work out. So I don't, I don't want to go back to Israel. I already, so I already swam through the Red Sea. So mm-hmm. I basically have this conversation <laughs> with God. I'm like, if I'm going back to Israel, I'm having a meeting with somebody and it's going to be, um, one of the things I would like to do, it's funny. Somebody called me uh, yesterday, I think it was. And they said, Hey, I feel called to God to tell you this. If, and when you need to go to Israel, I will pay for your plane ticket and anything you need. 
It, wow. just, just know that, just know that. And then the person actually emailed me and said, I'm going to send you an email too. So that way it's in writing anything you need when it's, when it's time, when God calls you back to Israel, I'll pay for everything. And I was like, okay, thank you. So what I would like really awesome blessing. Um, right. So God's, God's working in a lot of ways, but um, this is crazy. But if I go, if I, if I go to Israel again, um, I would like to actually do it again and get a plane ticket to Aqaba, Jordan. And I would like to swim through the Red Sea again. But this time wow. I would like everybody watching. And, and you know, if, legally, if I have a you meet, to, You want to yeah, do it legally. Yeah. yeah, if I, if I, if I, I don't know, this is just, this is a dream of mine because I want, I want the mission to be successful. You know, I want to make it. <laughs> um, so I would like to do it again. And then if I go to Israel and I, it, it, it would take, it would take something like a meeting with Netanyahu in order to do something like this because, then I have to notify everybody, hey, I'm going to swim through the Red Sea and I want to, you know, I want to record this and I want to do it as a, as a stunt. The first time it wasn't a stunt. <laughs> the first time it was, uh, I'm real serious about this and I could die. But the second time, if I do it as a stunt, I know a lot. So the guy who is actually, it's funny, the guy who's in, in control of the border from the Jordanian side, I, I know him now personally. Mm. And um, he even said to me when I was leaving, he's like, if you ever need to sneak into the Israel again, just, just call me, please. <laughs> Wow. So, that might, that might be so, the easy way then. <laughs> yeah. So I, so now that I've done this, I have connections with people in Jordan um, that I can be like, Hey, I want to do this event. You know, can I swim through the red sea? You know, I, I would like to do it again just, mm -hmm. just so I can say that I made it, you know, without. Has anyone, you know. has anyone volunteered? They would go with you. Yes. Multiple people have a lot of people want to go to Israel. They want to go to the spot. Um, mm -hmm. It's, I, mm. The thing is, is the spot, the, the spot where Ron Wyatt excavated, it's already, if we were to just use the scriptures and the, uh, the there's two videos ago I posted on TikTok where I gave all the scriptures. If we just use the scriptures, the Bible pretty much says that's right about the area Christ was crucified. You know, we have to do a little bit of guesswork. Um, but um, I believe that it's also the spot where Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac and the spot where Jacob saw the ladder going into heaven. Wow. And um, so this spot is the one true holy of holies, right? The the Jewish people and Islam thinks it's the Temple Mount, and uh, the Temple Mount was built uh, because David, if you remember, counted the army the ar the armies of God, and this upset God, and then he sent an angel that outpoured a plague on Israel, and then after this, he told him, he said, "Where the where the angel standing? You're going to put a you're going to put the temple there," and then that's where his son put it. Um, so. I don't, I don't, this may sound bad to people, the Jewish people, or maybe Islam, but I don't think there's anything special about the Temple Mount, other mm -hmm. than the fact that God told David and Solomon to put the temple there. Mm -hmm. Where Christ was crucified is really special. It's right. really, really special, because that's where the world was redeemed from sins, you know. And um, it's funny, because Abraham said in Genesis that this would be the spot that the lamb is provided. And he went to Mount Moriah. Well, I haven't shot a video on it yet, but if you look at the terrain of Israel, where the Temple Mount is, is the very base of Mount Moriah. A lot of people don't know this, but if you go look and you Google where the top of Mount Moriah is, it's like 70 feet away from where Christ was crucified, from where Ron Wyatt excavated. So what I'm saying is, is that the original top of the mountain was mm -hmm. where Christ was actually crucified. The mountain was cut in half by Solomon when they went to quarry the stones for the temple, but he cut it in half. So it's just crazy that it's the, that it's actually the same spot that Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, except it's not the same today. The mountain's cut in half. Right. Wow. That's incredible. Incredible. Um, so 
Ron White, he actually said he saw the ark, right? Did, did, is yeah. that so? He did? He did? did yeah. Can you tell people what he said he saw? So he, they found, when they were excavating, they kept finding these square holes in, in the bedrock. Where Christ was crucified was a quarry. It wasn't dirt. And that, that makes sense, because if you're going to put somebody on a cross, you know, a cross could weigh a couple hundred pounds, a person could weigh a couple hundred pounds, Dirt doesn't hold it very well. So it would make sense that the Romans actually chiseled out spots to put the crosses. So they kept finding these square holes. Mm -hmm. And they found a lot of finger bones too. And so we know that that's the place where they stone people. Because when you're getting stoned, you put your hands up and mm -hmm. first one to go is a finger. Mm -hmm. So they kept finding these square holes. So they, and they, they already knew biblically this was the spot that was recorded that Christ was crucified. So when he found this one square hole in particular, they, he said that they sat on this rock for like a year and they would eat lunch on it. Well, somebody hmm. finally moved it and there was another square hole and, and inside of this hole, there was a Tiberius coin, which hmm. is from the time of Christ. Wow. So, so they believed that they found the actual spot that Christ was crucified. They had no idea, but they, they theorized and it would make sense because you know, Ed, when Christ was crucified, everybody in the town was talking about it. Like it was the, it was, it was the biggest thing to ever happen. So it would make sense that somebody would mark that spot and think, you know, there's thousands of people in this town talking about it. Somebody would, would think maybe one of us should go up there and mark the spot that the Messiah was crucified, you know? Mm -hmm. So they believed that they found the actual spot. It wasn't until later when he broke into Zedekiah's cave, which was only feet away According to him, it wasn't very far away from where that cross hole was. And he, they broke into it, and he didn't even explore it for a while. But he started exploring the cave, and it was like, um, it was after a pretty intense exploration. Uh, he said it was a very treacherous cave, which most caves are treacherous, meaning that it's very difficult. Once he uh, got into a chamber, he, he said he saw rocks piled up to the ceiling. So he knew that humans had been in there. And that was the first thing that caught his attention. He was like, there's, there's people have piled these rocks up. And then through the rocks, he could see the animal skins that had, they were just like churned to dust and uh, there was gold underneath. So mm. he knew he had something. Um, so once he found the Ark of the Covenant in, in that chamber, it wasn't until later that he stuck a tape measure down through the hole that had the Tiberius coin in it. And the Ark of the Covenant was directly below. Wow. And the, so, so, so for him, he, they had no idea whether they found the crucifixion site. They just theorized that they did. It wasn't until he got into the cave and saw the Ark of the Covenant and saw that it was directly below this hole and then saw the blood on the mercy seat. He said that it fried his brain. Like he said, it somehow it short-circuited my brain because it all just, mm -hmm. it was such a big deal. And then he, he passed out. He said he passed out when he figured it wow. out. So, wow. Did he see yeah. angels? Did, did, he, did, he, did he say, did he see angels in there? Yes. And I have something inter interesting I'll tell you right now while you're listening, because I haven't shot a video on this yet, and I'm wanting to. He's not mm -hmm. the only one who's testified to seeing angels there. I'm mm -hmm. about ready to do a video. Um, this is so interesting. When I started this journey, I was building this cargo trailer so I could travel. Mm -hmm. And um, I, was doing a tr I was doing a bunch of research. Um, and I ran into this guy who's a tour guide at the Garden Tomb. So this is a guy who's given tours for years there. Mm -hmm. And he gives tours throughout all of Israel. Well, he uh, was talking about this experience that his daughter had, his, his child, a little girl. And um, he said uh, she came up to me one day and talked about how she was speaking to angels. 
And he said, this is a very special spot for our family. And he's on YouTube talking about this in the garden tomb, walking around. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about this, her, his daughter talking to angels. And um, he points over, he's like, oh, it's this spot over here. This is the special spot for our family. And it's the exact mm-hmm. spot that Ron Wyatt excavated. It's the spot wow. where Christ was crucified. And this, this child, and, and you know, the scriptures say children are of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Was, and I don't think he even knows. I don't even think this guy knows that that's where Christ was crucified, you know? So, so I'm getting a lot of feedback from even people that work there that their kids have experienced talking to angels, but Ron Wyatt said that he did too. And then um, also uh, I haven't, I haven't done a video on it yet, but this is where Jacob saw the ladder going into heaven and Mm -hmm. angels ascending and descending. Mm -hmm. So it's all one in the same spot. So I totally believe that I believe this little girl was talking to angels there. I, and I believe Ron Wyatt was, I believe it's the spot that Jacob saw the ladder into heaven. Wow. Wow. What, when the, um, when he had his help go through there first, when they, when you were saying, and they died, did, did he say that they, did they see anything where they, you know, cause they were like petrified, right? Weren't they scared? Yes. Scared? Yeah. He said that he, the term he used was as a, a divine terror is what he used. So mm. I think the individual is still alive and they never released his name, but, um, Ron Wyatt's Ron Wyatt's wife the other day said that the I think that I think I want to try to get a meeting with the individual. Okay, so it was a real young guy, real young mm-hmm. guy. So he's older mm-hmm. now, but he was um, he was a really small guy, really small, mm-hmm. so he could squeeze through the passages. And Ron Wyatt couldn't because he wasn't mm-hmm. as small as this other guy. But he squeezed through this passage, and Ron Wyatt said he became terrified and came out and said, "What's in there? What's in there?" And then never came back. And so to Ron, he said that that was a divine terror. Like the, the guy was very wow. scared. And, um, you know, once again, this is what the Bible says. Um, mm-hmm. if, if the Ark of the Covenant is there, I would expect something like that to happen. And um, so I told her to leave him. I think this guy ran out. I think he was afraid. I would like to interview him at some point in time in the future. Um, I'm having a difficult time getting his name. I've asked a couple people, but... Um, mm-hmm. As far as I know, he's the only one who's went up into the chamber. And he, mm. never, he, never, he never said he saw the ark. He didn't say he saw the ark. He went up and he started to go up through the chamber and became afraid and came out. So wow. the only one who's ever testified to saying they found the ark is Ron White. There's, as far as I know, there's nobody else that's ever testified to it. That's incredible. Now, you were talking about the, uh, he discovered blood, right? Yes. Uh, and um, I'm going to play this clip, and I want you to respond to it. He explains to, uh, and I'm sure you recall the clip, where he says he took it to the scientists and they were going to test it. So let's play that, and I want to get your response on that. First of all, in this analysis, I took the blood into a laboratory in Israel. I asked one of the people I work with in, in antiquities, where is a good laboratory that does reliable work? And they said, such and such, such and such. I took it. I just said, please examine this blood and tell me what you can tell me about it. All right. They said, well, look, we're going to reconstitute it. We're going to put it in normal saline and keep it at body temperature for 72 hours with uh, gentle swirling. All right. That's their business. That's great. I said, now I want to be there when you check it out. They said, fine. So I was back. 
They checked it out. I said, now, uh, they said it's human blood. We can tell that. They did whatever tests they need to do. And then I said, take some of the white blood cells and put them in a growth medium and keep them at body temperature for 48 hours. And they said, well, that'll do no good because it's dead blood. I said, would you please do that for me? And they said, okay, we'll do it. So anyway, I said, I want to be there when you take it out and examine it. So I was back there. They took it out, examined it under microscope, and the one technician called the other one over there, and then they called the boss over there, and they were talking Hebrew a mile a minute there for a little bit, and they looked at me and they said, Mr. Wyatt, this human blood only has 24 chromosomes in it. Everybody else has 46. You see, 23 from your mother, 23 from your father, 22 autosomes from your mother, 22 autosomes from your father. You get an X from your mother, you may get an X or a Y from your father, all right? This blood had 23 chromosomes from the mother's side, one Y chromosome only. You see, the ch child could not have developed if they hadn't had the autosomes from the mother. So all of his physical characteristics were determined by his mother's side of the family, her autosomes. His maleness was determined by this one Y that came from the source, not a human male. Then they said, this blood is alive. And then they said, whose blood is this? I said, it's the blood of your Messiah. Wow. Amen. That, that gives uh, chills, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I've, so, cried, I've cried many times over thinking about it, most definitely. Uh, that's just... <laughs> How can that? How can that not be real? I mean, this this yeah. guy's laying it all out there, and it's just yeah, you know, yeah. Um, he at one point too, when they questioned him, he said, "I would, I would bet, you know, my my life on this, you know." And the, the somebody who loves God that digs in the dirt for ten years is is not the type of person. This is a guy who it was a servant of God, so he's mm -hmm. people people want to say that he was lying, but um, I actually have a verse uh, or a passage I kind of want to put in with this to give Ron a little bit more credibility. Um, when I was in Bible college, I got into it with some students, not like fight, but we were kind of debating back and forth. And I, I said to him, the Lord put this on my heart. This is back in 2010, that um, something was going to happen. And I, I said it like this. I said, either something's going to be discovered or somehow God is going to reveal himself. Somehow Christ is going to reveal himself. The reason I said that is because when I was reading and where Christ said, the first thing that we need to watch for as Christians mm -hmm. is this. Watch out and do not be deceived because many will come in my name claiming to mm -hmm. be the Christ mm -hmm. and will deceive many. This is the first thing that Christ told us to watch out for. Okay, well, that, that today, the way, it's, the way it's worded is, is it makes it sound like it's going to happen on a mass scale. Okay, well, today, right now, there's a large percentage of people that they don't believe in Christ. They, this, is, this is all mm -hmm. stupid to them. So what, what the Bible, the Bible's painting a picture of the end times is there's a falling away. We know there's going to be a falling away. But mm -hmm. also it's like, it's almost like there's this weird thing. And I was, this is what I was talking to my friends about in Bible college. I was like, 
This is so strange because the Bible paints a picture that in the end times there's a falling away, yet everybody wants to be Christ. Like there's mm -hmm. a large percentage because it says, watch out, there's going to be a lot, not just mm -hmm. a couple. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to come in Christ's name mm -hmm. saying they are the Christ and deceive many. And I was like, and this is why I said to him in Bible college, I was like, I wonder if something's discovered where we as humans going forward know that Christ is the Messiah, know that he is the king. 24 chromosomes on the mercy seat is a shift that's going to cause every human being from here on out, if it's true, if this ends up being true, and I'm taking a humble approach about it, and I, I try to say if or I believe, but if it ends up being true that Ron Wyatt found the Ark of the Covenant with the blood of Christ on it with 24 chromosomes, well, that fits really well with the future generations wanting to be Christ. It's almost like they lust after being Christ. They want to be Christ mm -hmm. because they know. Mm -hmm. They know that he's the Messiah. And so an event like this is what could cause that. And so I'm already foreseeing it in the scriptures before I knew anything about Ron Wyatt. I was already kind of foreseeing that in the scriptures that, that there probably would be something discovered about Christ that would cause everyone to know that he's the Messiah. And this event with 24 chromosomes Mm -hmm. if, if that's true, that'll be that'll be the event that will cause everyone to know. Absolutely. C uh, can you explain how the blood got there? I, I heard you on TikTok. It's very fascinating. How yeah. exactly did that blood get there? Obviously, it's from the crucifixion. But yes. exactly, can you explain to everybody so they can picture it yes. on you? Yes. So um, I did a TikTok video. It's kind of goofy. It's funny. That's just the way I am. <laughs> but when the Roman soldier pierced Christ's side. It says the blood, blood and water flowed from his mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. um, and when he died, it, the event that occurred, um, it talks about the veil being torn, and it says the rocks were rent, or, or the term is the rocks broke open. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't know, but where Christ was crucified was a quarry. Okay? So when it's talking about the rocks were rent in Matthew 27, it's talking about the, the, at the spot Christ was crucified. Some people thought that maybe it was talking about the grave, but that doesn't make sense because you don't bury people below stone, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when it says the rocks were rent, it's talking about at the, the very focal point, at the spot where Christ was crucified. It says the ground broke open, right? So we know this archaeologically too because Ron Wyatt said there was a crack, and I showed it in my last video. There's a crack right beside the cross hole where they found the Tiberius coin, and he said he stuck a tape measure down through that crack. He said he had to take the end of it off because it was, you know, it was that small of a crack and mm -hmm. he stuck the tape measure down through the crack and the Ark of the Covenant was directly below 20 feet in Zedekiah's cave. And the Ark was put into a stone box and even the lid on the top of it was cracked. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, the video that I posted was when the Roman soldier pierced his side and the blood and water flowed in my mind, I'm just imagining the blood. Here, here, here's a uh, here's a little diagram there, buddy. Yep. Isn't that kind of yep. what you're talking about? Yep. yep. Yeah. So when so when uh, so w when they pierced the side and the blood and water flowed, in my mind, I'm seeing like a parting of the Red Sea. I'm seeing the the blood mm -hmm. coming down. Now we have to remember the blood is what if we could sum up the entire New Testament, we could sum it up in the blood of Christ, right? And so the blood of Christ spilling is what redeemed the world from sin. And, I, mm -hmm. and I, I see this, I see this in my mind, the blood falling, and I just see the, the rocks just splitting open is what I see, like the parting of the Red Sea and it falling directly onto the Mercy Sea. Now, I don't mm -hmm. know if that's how it happened. Mm -hmm. You know, Ron said that he saw it on top of the cave wall, so to drip down through the crack. But wow. I mean, if you're, if, you, if you're thinking about it, um, you know, I know that Christ is God. 
And this is what's going to redeem the world for all of eternity. So when that blood and water is flowing from Christ's side, I, I, I honestly think that the atoms just moved out of the way, man. I think they just moved mm-hmm. out of the way. They're like, we're not, we're not going to get in the way of, of the blood of the Messiah falling on the mercy seat. But anyways, the Bible does say that too. It says the rocks were rent. And then the spot where he found the post, the, the cross hole with the Tiberius coin, there was a crack mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Ark of the Covenant was directly below it. So caves also preserve stuff very well, very, very well. Wow. Um, Ron Wyatt, actually, this is interesting. He said that in the actual cross hole itself, there was still a tiny bit of blood. It was very, very, very badly decayed, but he got an indication that there was still blood in the hole. Well, you're like, well, how, how would that exist for 2000 years? That doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense how, for 2000 mm-hmm. years. Well, they did actually cover the, the hole with the stone and then buried it. So I think what happened was, is that one of Christ's followers came back and they put a stone over this spot. And then if the arcs in this cavern below, caves have a really good way of preserving things. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've spelunked, I'm from Missouri and I spelunk and, you know, you'll walk into a cave and you'll see a writing from the 1800s and it looks like it's still brand new today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it was preserved and this was all a part of God's plan that the ground broke open, like Matthew says. So I'm not even theorizing this. It says the rocks were rent mm-hmm. and the blood fell onto the mercy seat. And one of his disciples or one of his followers came back and put a stone over it and it, and it, and it, and it kept it safe for thousands of years. And I think that it's all a plan from God and it's just absolutely incredible. And, and people are like, they're like, that, that would be the biggest miracle ever. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> that is the whole point. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I, so do you, you think this will be obviously found officially before he returns? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Ron Wyatt believes that um, I'm going off of Amos 9:11 and Acts 15:16, uh, where it talks about the restoration of the tabernacle of David. Um, that's really what we need to look for more than the, the third temple, because the third temple, if we remember back in the Old Testament, it's, it's like God has a way of repeating Himself, and this is why I'm like, I was mm-hmm. super encouraged when I found out that I stayed in the same jail as Ron Wyatt, because I was like, whoa, God has a way of repeating Himself, um, <laughs> but. If you, if you look in the Old Testament, the tabernacle of David came first, then Solomon's temple. Okay. Well, the New Testament, uh, so Amos 9-11 is old, but then also the New Testament, Acts 15-16, says that the tabernacle of David is restored. And the, the wording it uses is that, is that so that, this is verse 17, the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. So what the scriptures are saying is, is the tabernacle of David is restored so that the rest of mankind will seek the Lord. So it's making it sound like that the Ark of the Covenant is restored. And, and then, then what happens is, is secular society or culture tends to seek God. Okay, uh, let me say this briefly. The Tabernacle of David, for those who don't understand, it was literally, it was just, it was two things. It was a tent and the Ark of the Covenant. Because David wanted to build a temple for God and God said, no, you can't build a temple for me. So he put the Ark of the Covenant in a tent. So when the Bible saying that the tabernacle of David will be restored, and Kim Clement said this, he said there's no, there is no tabernacle of David without the Ark of the Covenant. And that makes sense because the tabernacle of David was only a tent and the Ark. So if you don't have the Ark, all you have is a tent. Right. And so what I believe the scriptures are saying in Acts 15, 16, is that the, the tabernacle of David is restored, the Ark of the Covenant is restored, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. That means not Jew, not Christian, so what, what I'm thinking in my mind is, is that 
once the ark is found, there's going to be a large portion of people that from the secular world that aren't Christian, they're going to be like, maybe this Jesus Christ thing was real, right. you know, and then they believe. Yeah. Right. Another way of, of, of God uh, spreading the word, the truth to get people right. saved. Right. Right. And a lot of people get on them and they say, you know what? It's better to have faith. And I say, you're right. You're right. But God does care about the lost sheep. And one of the things we talk about in Bible college is, is having evidence is not an exemption from salvation. Right. Because Paul, like, let's use Paul as an example. Paul didn't, he didn't believe in God. He thought there was all hogwash until he saw, he saw God on the road of Damascus. He saw Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he believed. Okay. So, so, so Saul, who was later named Paul, he, he, believed in christianity because the lord provided physical tangible evidence for him so what i what i tell christians is i'm like presenting physical tangible evidence is not an exemption from salvation right so if i if the ark of the covenant is found and the blood of christ is on it what i foresee is as a future generation knowing that christ is king and hundreds of millions if not billions giving their hearts to christ and that that so i see uh i see this harvest coming but, mm-hmm. but once again, this is what the scriptures say. Amos 9.11 is even more descriptive. It says the tabernacle of David is restored and the one planting seeds will be overtaken by the one harvesting. Okay, so in, in the exact passage, it talks about the tabernacle of David being restored in Amos 9.11 through 13. It says that it's restored and there's a great harvest, a great, great harvest. So that's what I'm seeing. Wow, I'm speechless. But yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's just, that's incredible. Can you explain to some people maybe they forgot or maybe they are not aware why was the ark hidden to begin with? And yeah, who, okay. who who exactly hid it? Was it David? Who hid it? Okay, so when uh, Nebuchadnezzar was besieging the walls of Jerusalem, uh, five there was two besiegings of Jerusalem. Um, the last time the ark of the covenant was mentioned. And the scriptures is 25 years before Nebuchadnezzar conquered the city. The first time he conquered it is when I believe that the Ark was hidden. That, so, so the last time the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant was mentioned in the scriptures, it was 25 years later, Nebuchadnezzar uh, overtook the city of Jerusalem. Okay, so at this point in time, Jeremiah is telling the king that all this is going to happen. Okay, so, so we kind of we have to do some guesswork here. The scriptures do give us some indication. But um, they knew the city was going to be overtaken. So at that point, I believe that Jeremiah hid it. And mm-hmm. that's, really the only, that's really the only reasonable explanation, right? Wow. Because Nebuchadnezzar couldn't have destroyed the ark. We know that because of Revelation eleven nineteen, And mm-hmm. also, you can't really destroy an object you can't touch. But, wow. And he couldn't have taken it. So the only option was that it was hidden. Okay, well, if we look in the Maccabees, second Maccabees, I can't remember the exact passage, but if we look at the Maccabees, which was a book that was written 150 years before Christ. Um, so it's a good historical book. I know it's Apocrypha and it's not part of the canon, but it's, it's a very good historical book. It says that Jeremiah hid the ark in a cave and sealed up the entrance so nobody could find it. Wow. And it's like, okay, so I know there's a cave at the spot Christ was crucified. I, I know this. We, we know that there's only one cave in all of Jerusalem and it was accessible from within the city. And it would only make sense that when Nebuchadnezzar is besieging the city, that the servants of God got scared and hid it in the cave. That's the, that's the only thing that actually fits. Mm-hmm. Well, then I know that there's a passage that runs under the crucifixion site, and it, and, it, and, and it says in the Maccabees that he sealed up the entrance. 
But it gets even more descriptive. It says that some of the men came up to mark the way. And Jeremiah rebuked him and said, do not mark the way. The place, he said, the place shall remain unknown until God gathers his people together and shows his mercy. Well, God started gathering his people together in the 1940s. So um, that's interesting. Yeah. But um, the, where Ron Wyatt, the passage that leads from where Christ was crucified back to the main entrance of Zedekiah's cave, um, mm. it's like 300 feet. So if you even get on Google Maps right now and you type in Zedekiah's cave, it'll show it's about 300 feet away from the spot Christ was crucified. Okay. So that passage that runs that 300 foot span, um, it was what Ron Wyatt said is it was sealed up with rocks and clay. The entrance was sealed up, and it's right beside where they found this cherubim carving, which was the cherubim carvings that were in the temple, Solomon's temple. So in the Maccabees, it says his men marked the way, and right where this passage comes out, where it was sealed up, there's this cherubim carving. They found it in the 1800s. So mm -hmm. Jeremiah is the one who hid the ark, and he hid it at the... Uh, so he hid it so so he's afraid that the others would take it, maybe destroy it or, or what? What, what? And I'm gonna change out my headset, sorry, it's dying. Sure. But yeah, no, he no. was afraid he was afraid that uh he didn't want anyone knowing where it was at because I think he knew that God at the appropriate time would reveal it all to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just fast. So sorry. No, you're fine. That, that, you're fine. It's just so uh, he it's so it's just so fascinating um all this is right in front of our eyes and and, and god's like slowly m removing the curtain isn't he yeah so he i think that um with jer i think with jeremiah that he didn't want his men marking the way because mm -hmm. he knew that when it's god's timing god's just going to work it all out that's how god works so there's no reason to mark the way. Just keep it keep it unknown. But it's so interesting to me that they found a cherubim carving, the ones that were in the temple, right at the spot where the entrance was sealed up. So nobody knew the entrance was there until Ron Wyatt found it in the 1980s. Once he found it, that now everybody knows that it's there. But um, it just it all fits, man. If everything fits and it's yeah. starting to fit together like a puzzle piece, then you yeah. know it's God. It's like yeah, it's, it's just too it's just too perfect, isn't it? just it's just too perfect yeah what 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 um uh, kevin can you tell people about your uh, ministry so they can find you and what and what is you know what can they do for you what are your needs and that so forth sure so i started the arc movement um i didn't really want to do a ministry um i this is such a big deal that i felt like it needed to be something with the church as a whole Mm -hmm. All of us working together as Christians. Um, so I started the ARC movement. The reason that I called it the ARC movement is because um, a movement is generally for a cause. Mm -hmm. And it has an inevitable end. The point is that the reason this is very unique is because this movement should have an inevitable end, an end point. And the end point would be um, us either finding out that it's there or it's not there. Mm -hmm. So... The ARC movement is specifically set up and designed to get a confirmation. My Bluetooth connecting, so hopefully you can hear me okay. No, we can hear you. So the the entire point of the movement is to get a confirmation that the ARC is at the crucifixion site. So mm -hmm. I didn't do it quite as a ministry. I did it more as, of a movement gotcha. just because it has an inevitable end. 
So if people want to volunteer, what we really need is volunteers. Um, the first step is really awakening the masses to this because so many Christians still have no idea that Christ's blood fell on the mercy seat. Mm -hmm. So once, once Christians hear it, when they first hear it, they're like, that can't be true. That's just no way. But once they're provided all the evidence and then mm -hmm. the Holy spirit convicts them, then, then we get the ball rolling. Right? So the, the first step of the movement is to awaken the masses to this understanding. And I think that that will, that will move the ball forward quite far to um, us getting a confirmation because if if the entire world knows the ark is at the crucifixion site there's not much of a reason to keep it a secret anymore and israel is already starting to make with the temple institute they're already starting to make announcements that they have the ark so the more that people get on board the more that people volunteer um the more that we're going to push this ball forward so that's that's the whole entire focus of the movement and um, it's really just us working together as Christians to get a confirmation. We're all going to come from different backgrounds and different beliefs. But the idea is that we're all striving for the same goal. Is this true? Is this mm -hmm. true? I believe that it is. Mm -hmm. But some some people may not believe. So I tell I tell pastors, I'll, I'll talk to pastors. And they say, well, I don't believe Ron Wyatt. I don't believe the scriptures are saying that. And I say to them, I say, well, join the movement anyways. Mm -hmm. Because if it's wrong, the movement will debunk itself. Mm -hmm. So I, I really designed the movement to be for everyone. It's mm -hmm. not just for my opinion or whoever's opinion. I, we, we've tr I've tried to set it up and I've talked to lots of people um, getting ideas and pastors, talked to lots of pastors. And the idea is to set up the movement where it's for everyone, even if you don't believe, because um, since Ron Wyatt said this, we, mm -hmm. we deserve to know all of us, all of us Christians do. Absolutely. Now, how, uh, is it a webpage that people can find you or, um, so I did start a web page. It needs to be updated really bad. Okay. Uh, I'm still, we're, I want to build something completely different, but um, I have a website called revealing the arc okay. at Gmail or actually you can, uh, you can email me at revealing the arc at gmail.com. If you want to volunteer uh, or you can go to the website, revealing the arc.com. Our, or the Facebook group arc movement is really big. It's like 4,100 members now. I've got uh, 20 people volunteering. So um, wow. the ARC movement, Facebook group ARC movement is probably the main spot we're meeting right now and talking and communicating. So if anybody wants to join or be a part of it, Facebook group ARC movement is the place to go. Or you can follow me on TikTok, kcash3333. So four threes. That's awesome. Well, you may not call it a ministry, but I will because you are, yeah. getting, the, you are getting the message out. You are Amen. You are witnessing to people. You you literally are witnessing to people. Amen. And, um, have you thought of a backup of, uh, you know, to TikTok since they may be, you know, Congress is trying to get rid of it, which I'm sure you heard. Have you thought of a backup option if that happens? Will you? Yeah, like I need to get on YouTube. I, I care I care less about myself and my own reach and more about the movement. And the movement's mm -hmm. getting really powerful on Facebook. And so I a couple months ago, I almost shot a TikTok two months ago talking about how it's going to be banned soon. And that's when I really started to put together the Facebook group. This Facebook group is uh, growing. It was crazy. I was, I was looking at my desk and I still have a paper mm -hmm. that's, that's dated January the 1st. And I'm talking about how I want the movement to be. Well, mm -hmm. we're, we're in uh, almost in April. So this, this yeah. movement is really new. Like in the last month or two, it's gone from zero to 4,000. Uh, so that's the main area we're meeting just because of TikTok. And I know a lot mm -hmm. of people don't like Facebook, but 
Right, right now, the right devil now, has what... his hands in every mm-hmm. social media platform, sure so does. it's really hard. Sure. You know, and in in the future, I think us Christians are going to take a lot of this back. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, right now, Facebook is what we're using as a backup. Well, good, good. At least, at least people will know when, if it disappears, they'll know to turn into that. And 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 it's called what is it called on Facebook again? Our face. So if you go to Facebook and you search Ark Movement, Arc Movement, all you have to do is click on groups, yeah. and it shows the picture of the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. with the Shekinah glory in between the cherubim, mm-hmm. and um, it shows the blood on the uh, right, right side, the right hand of God. Is where the right. blood fell, right. and that's and, and also you, kind of. And important you also because. have you also have information and files of documents too. They can look at too. Is that right? Yeah. So pastors, a lot of times when I talk to pastors, you know, they hear this and they're like, you know, it just it goes right over them. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, here, read this paper. I wrote this paper that gives all the. Am I telling the scriptures say it's there? I'm like, mm-hmm. the Bible really indicates that this is true. Then they want to hear, and so I wrote a paper. If you go to the Facebook group, uh, Ark Movement. And you, all you have to do is click on groups and you'll find it. But um, if you click on files, under files, I have a paper called the throne of God. And it mm-hmm. gives a lot of the, it's like a snapshot of all the evidence that goes mm-hmm. over the scriptural evidence, Ron White's testimony, talking about the Maccabees, talking about the last time the Ark of the Covenant was mentioned in the scriptures. And it, it kind of goes over all the evidence in detail. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, K- Kevin, I will let you go, my friend, but... I will always be in touch with you and let me know, you know, uh, this, this mission you're doing is, is, is going to go on for quite a while. I know it will. And, uh, I know God's it's a gonna, journey. Absolutely. And God, exciting journey. Uh, you're, you're brave. You're, you're, you're a soldier of God and he is going to anoint you with his protection. There's no question about that. And I, I really believe that, um, this is this is what your calling is and you are going to be saving people from this because like you said it's going to make people think twice you know uh and you know have them be curious yep and then then god open up other doors for them so yep i'll put all this information in the show notes um and uh you know let people know that uh you know where they can find out more information about you and uh, stay in touch with me okay amen yeah yeah most definitely i will it's all about winning souls absolutely absolutely even if it's just one kevin it's worth it isn't it amen amen brother all right you stay in touch buddy don't hang up on me though (laughs) okay okay all right guys uh, have a good one and we'll see you next time god bless you